Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 320 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, I'm going to be giving you the ultimate guide to video analysis. And this is in response to a question from John in Georgia, who wrote me an email just recently and said, what's an ideal setup for filming myself on court? Will an iPhone or an iPad suffice? If so, do you have any recommendations for tripods? So really good question, John. And it's kind of incredible that we've, we've come to episode 320 and there hasn't been a whole episode just on this. I talk about video analysis constantly on the show as a way to bridge the gap between what it feels like to play tennis and what you actually look like, that, that reality gap that all of us have, no matter what level player you are. It feels a certain way to hit a forehand and hit a serve and play singles, and you you think you play certain patterns and try to hit certain targets and use certain technique elements, but the reality is completely different. And that's super intimidating and super scary for most people, but for a select few who are brave enough and are motivated enough and driven enough to move out of their comfort zone and see what they're actually doing, video is hands down the most powerful improvement tool that you can possibly use. And now in 2019, it's really, really easy to do it yourself. And yet it's incredibly rare to see on tennis courts, even by tennis coaches, which is just a whole nother topic for another time. Just one of my biggest frustrations with tennis at large, players and coaches alike, is how how against video the culture is. And that's part of what we'll be talking about today. And I'm not even on my outline yet, just, just kind of going off on a tangent here. But this is why it's important. This is why we're focusing on it today. And we're going to be going over several, I think six different important points here. We're going to talk about the mentality behind videoing yourself in the first place. I'm going to give you a little bit of hopefully inspiration and push in the right direction. We're going to talk about what camera is best, what tripod is best, the setup, where to put the camera, what angles are best. We're going to talk about what software is best. And lastly, we're going to talk about the social approach to recording yourself because there's no question that it feels awkward and you don't want to put other people in an uncomfortable position either. So we're going to talk about how to approach that, that scenario of wanting to record yourself, but other people are around, or maybe you're playing against somebody else. Before we dive right into today's outline, really quickly, I want to thank a couple users on the iTunes music store who have left awesome reviews, some really excellent feedback, and that really helps keep me fired up and super motivated and focused about getting these episodes in. It's it's definitely a push for me to, to keep trying to get an episode out a week. So when I log in and I see new reviews and, and really fantastic feedback about these episodes, it, it really goes a long way towards keeping me pushing forward. So Bait and Switch 33, July Baby 76, JD Pezzled, V dot sm nuke and terry account thank you those are all just relatively new 
ratings and reviews that got left on the iTunes Music Store. I appreciate all of you guys very much. Thank you. And if you're listening right now, if you've never left a rating or review, please know I appreciate you tremendously as well. I keep an eye on the downloads and the show's as strong as it's ever been right now. I appreciate all of you very much. That's another big thing that keeps me fired up and motivated is just seeing seeing a core group of people come back and download the show week after week. So thank you all so much for your support. So let's dive right in here and give you the guide to video analysis for tennis players. First, the mentality. And I already touched on this a little bit as I was kind of going off the cuff in the intro. This is the single most valuable thing you'll ever do for your tennis development, period. Please know that. No matter how painful or frustrating or uncomfortable or awkward it might be the first time you do it, and it might be all of those things. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I've I've been doing this a really long time, and I've been around players who have taken the jump and done it for the first time and heard their experience. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. It, it might be painful the first time. It might be socially awkward, and it might be frustrating to see the reality of what you're actually doing. But that comes with a huge, huge, huge potential for improvement. Once you know what you're actually doing, and you're not guessing anymore, and you're not going off of feel, which is unbelievably misleading, now you actually have a tremendous amount of upside to your game. Now you know what to focus on instead of just guessing. Now you don't have to rely on hearing tips and tricks from your teammates or your friends or even coaches. Coaches who don't use video are only getting part of the story. And so if you've been taking lessons for decades but never taken a lesson with video, just Please trust me on this. As somebody who's spent my entire professional career teaching tennis, and most of it with video, but not all of it, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that as experienced as my eyes are, they miss a lot when I'm not using video. And in fact, a lot of times I'll guess that something is happening in a stroke, and I'll look at the video and see that I was completely wrong. And these are things that I would have just assumed that what my eyes are telling me is correct if I was going without video and giving my students advice that would not be the best advice I could possibly give them. So when you take the plunge and you you make the jump and you do use video, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you everything's going to be wonderful and beautiful and you're going to look perfect and you'll be totally satisfied. That's probably not going to be the case. And I'm not going to tell you that everybody will cheer you on and give you unconditional support and tell you how brave you are and that they wish that they were doing video too. That's probably not going to happen either. But if you're serious about tennis improvement, there is literally nothing you can do that will help you more than seeing the reality of how your body is actually moving and the reality of the choices you're actually making during your points. You'll probably probably be the only person doing it on the courts when you go out and do it that day. And people are probably going to wonder what you're doing. And you'll probably get asked about it. And people will probably say, hey, Joan, what, what the heck are you doing over there with, that, with your phone? Well, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. Like I've never seen anybody set up a tripod and a phone and just hit shots and then look at their phone and then go back and hit more shots again. Unfortunately, it's not normal. And frankly, 
a big driving factor for me and what I do here at Essential Tennis is I would love to make it a normal thing for tennis players, the way it's normal for golfers. And so understand that it's not going to be normal or comfortable or maybe even necessarily fun at first. But also please hear me when I tell you that I also know from experience working with many, many, many players with video that after a certain number of times doing it, it is fun because guess what? You get to see visual objective proof of your improvements and nothing is more satisfying than that. You're not guessing anymore about what you're doing wrong. You're also not guessing anymore about what you're doing right. And you get to see objective, marked improvement, video after video after video, when you focus on the right things. And nothing's more satisfying than that. So that's the mentality behind this. I I could talk, I have talked whole episodes just about that. I'm not going to go any further into that, or it's going to be a really, really long episode. So that's kind of the mentality behind it. That's my two cents, and I won't go any further into that. Now let's switch gears and talk about gear, and we'll talk about what you need. What equipment do you need to do a good job of video analysis? And let me just lead with this principle. Always use what's easiest. Use what's most accessible. Use the thing that's most convenient, Whatever is easiest to take out there will make it most likely that you'll actually do it. The more unnecessary challenges that you add into the equation, whether it be money, whether it be extra pieces of equipment that you didn't have before or you didn't have to buy or you didn't have to take with you, the more complicated you make it, the less likely it'll be that you'll actually do it. And I'm all about just making it as easy as possible so that there's no excuses. Everything's already in your bag. You don't even have to think about it. You just showed up with all the right stuff already and it's super easy to put in place and give yourself a little bit of a checkup or give yourself a baseline or or make sure that you're headed in the right direction with whatever it is that you're working on. So that's just kind of a, a preliminary principle. So now let's talk about the camera. There's a photography maxim, a saying, like a kind of a law, that the best camera is the one you have with you. And that's the case for video analysis as well. 10 years ago, it wasn't this easy. But in 2019, at the recording of, of this episode of the podcast, it's unbelievably easy to do video analysis. And a big part of that is the phone that's in your pocket right now, or that's in your bag right now, is more than capable of doing everything you need it to do to analyze your technique, to analyze your match playing, your strategy, whatever you need, it can do it. And especially if it was made in the last 12 months, if, if and in particular, the iPhones and the, the iPads, the, the current iPhones and iPads are really excellent, have, have really excellent cameras in them. When we work with students on the court, we use an iPad Pro, which has an upgraded camera. It's Honestly, the one we're using right now is not even the, the current model. The, the current model wasn't a big upgrade camera-wise over the, the previous model. So we have uh, the most recent generation, but not the current one iPad Pro, and it does an excellent job, even indoors, without being in sunlight, 
more than enough detail and more than enough frames per second to do excellent technique analysis. And it's not just the Apple phones that do a great job anymore. Any name brand, major manufacturer, smartphone producer now has some kind of slow motion just built into the the phone because the camera sensors and the hardware is just getting so good in phones. So if you have a smartphone or a tablet made in the last five years, it's going to do a great job. There's absolutely zero reason to go buy a dedicated camera just for this. And when I do video analysis remotely with my coaching students, usually that's what they're using. Occasionally, they'll be super hardcore and they'll go out and buy a GoPro, which does a really nice job, just a little bit higher quality and a little bit more frames per second because it's what it does. It's a, it's a sports action camera. It's, it's all it does well is it takes good video. And so it's got a little bit of a leg up on, on maybe your smartphone, but smartphones are like 90% good enough to, to do an excellent job. There's very little that they don't do well. So that's the camera. Use what you have already. Use your phone, use your tablet, whichever one is newer will probably do the better job. Now, uh, let's talk about tripods. Tripods are important. Please don't just prop your phone up or prop your tablet up against the net post. And we'll talk about camera angles in a second. I mean, you can do that and you'll get video of what you're doing, but but the framing that the camera is going to be so far away from you and the angle will be so poor that it's very difficult to get very useful information. I'm going to walk through all of that for you. And when it comes to a tripod, absolutely nothing fancy is needed. If you go to amazon.com right now, which I, I just did and type in cell phone tripod, just those three words. If you scroll down a little bit right now, on Amazon, type in those three words. You'll see a bunch of kind of small, portable, kind of like selfie tripods. Like they're, they're made for phone. They've got a little clamp that you can put your phone in. And there's a little mini like six inch tripod that you can put on a desktop or on a table or like put on the, the bench at a park or whatever, where you want to kind of take a selfie or, or set up and, and take a video. You want kind of a full-size tripod and not, not the little mini ones because when the, when the phone is down close to the ground, it's just not a great angle to do technique from. It's okay for technique, but match play, it's going to be really, really poor. You want something that's up off the ground at least a couple of feet. And so right now, if you go to Amazon and type in cell phone tripod, and scroll down, scroll down just a couple of results. There's a 50-inch cell phone tripod on Amazon right now for sale for $19.98 for, for $20. And that will do an excellent job. I actually saw a couple of different 50-inch cell phone tripods. And they're universal fit. If you have a smartphone, the little clamp that goes on top of the tripod legs is going to fit in there. If you have a, an iPad or a tablet, then just do a search for iPad tripod or a tablet tripod. And it's the same kind of thing. There's just generic kind of one size fits all uh, kind of holders or, or clamps that you can put your tablet in. And then that just attaches to tripod legs. And then you can place the, the uh, phone or the, the, the tablet wherever you want to get whatever angle you want. And you literally don't need to spend more than $30 to get something that'll do a great job. 
The only other qualification I would say is make sure it, it collapses and kind of folds up really well so that it easily fits in whatever kind of bag that you typically typically take with you to the court. Get something that'll easily fit in your, te- your tennis bag, your racket bag, your backpack, whatever it is that you usually take to your matches or your practices so that anytime you're on a tennis court, you can take that out and in 10 seconds, you're ready to quickly just put your phone on there and either... You know, somebody says, oh, hey, you want to record the match? You're ready to go. Or if somebody doesn't show up for a match and you've got a little bit of time to yourself on the court, then you can easily set it up and record a couple serves or drop and hit some forehands. And you can make really, really good use of that time that normally would have been wasted, even if you don't have a wall or a ball machine. So that's tripod. Simple Amazon search. Sometimes if you go to Best Buy or like Walmart or Target, they'll have something like this. In my experience, in physical retail stores, usually they don't have much of, of a selection or they may not have anything at all. That That is kind of what I'm describing, like a clamp for a phone that goes into a full-size tripod for relatively inexpensive, uh, for relatively uh, cheap. So I would I would honestly encourage you to go to Amazon and uh, check out what they have there. They've got a huge selection of, of different tripods. All right, let's talk about angles. This is really important. This is <laughs> I love it when players record themselves for the first time, but it's also kind of painful for me when they send in their videos for us to check out. And it's literally like their phone propped up against the net post. And so they're like a tiny, tiny little speck in the background and the, the framing is terrible. I, I'm kind of a video nerd, so so it, it really is kind of painful for me to see players not have a tripod and not know how to set up their phone. They just assume, oh, if I'm somewhere in the picture, it doesn't matter really where it is because you'll be able to analyze it well. And that's actually not the case. There are specific angles that I have found over the years to be most helpful. And it's just two different angles, really, really simple. In my experience, for every stroke but the serve, directly to the side, like a 90-degree angle right to the side of contact, is the best angle to do swing analysis. So if you're a right-handed player and you want to take a look at your forehand ground stroke, and you're hitting your ground stroke right on the baseline, that means you want to position the tripod right on the baseline and probably right around the doubles alley, looking right down the baseline. So the the middle of the shot is the baseline, and you're hitting the ball right in the middle of the shot, and you want to place it far enough away from you that you're gathering all the racket's movement. So you don't want to cut off the follow-through, you don't want to cut off the take-back, but you also don't want the camera to be two courts down so that you're super tiny in the frame because that makes it difficult to see some of the the little details in your swing technique. So for ground strokes, for volleys, I highly recommend setting up the camera directly to the side. So for any forehand shot, it'll be directly to the right of where you're making contact. For any backhand shot, directly to the left if you're a left-handed player. The only shots that I I like to get a back angle from as kind of a standard angle is the serve for sure. I really prefer a back angle. Uh, For me, it just shows how the body and the swing mechanics are working together the best. So I always start off with a back angle on the serve 
and on the overhead, I like a back angle as well. Now I will use, I will break away from those if I'm looking for something specific. So for example, if somebody's really struggling with their spacing and their judgment, their positioning between themselves and the ball on a forehand ground stroke, for example, I may get an angle from directly behind so that I can show them how much room there is between the ball and their body. Or if somebody's really struggling with their contact point on their serve, I may shoot directly to the side to show them where contact is being made. It's really difficult to see the depth that contact is being made from directly behind. So those are just two specific examples of when I would break away from that rule of thumb. But I would say 97% of the time when we're doing analysis for our students, we're shooting directly to the side for ground strokes and volleys, and we're shooting directly behind for serves and overheads. So that's the setup for technique analysis. When you're doing point play, this is super important as well. The position of the camera is really important. The height of the camera is really important so that you can see as much of the court as possible and you can uh, see both players as much as possible and you get a real sense for the targets are, that are being aimed for. If the camera's way off to the side of the court, then you're not going to be able to see both players. You, you won't be able to see both sides of the court equally and it's very difficult to get a sense for what direction the ball is headed. So you want to kind of take a, a page from the book of TV broadcast. Now, I, a bone I have to pick with TV broadcast tennis matches is they tend to put the camera position really, really high. The camera definitely is best right in the middle of the baseline and as far back as possible. Most local courts aren't going to give you a ton of space behind the baseline. Use as much of it as you can. Put your tripod all the way against the, the fence in the back or all the way against the curtain in the back, right in the middle of the baseline, lined up right behind the hash mark. And then you want to elevate the camera as much as you can. And so if you have one of those 50-inch tripods on Amazon, it's totally fine. Just go ahead and extend it and elevate it all the way up to the top. The higher you put the camera, the easier it is to kind of see the entire court. And I would say the highest you want to go is about to the top of a fence. If you were, you know, really, really... Um, <laughs> Uh, if you're if you're really really excited and, and super super hardcore about this, maybe you want to put a camera up on top of a, a fence. Usually, those chain link chain link fences at your local park are going to be like 12, maybe 14 feet high, maybe 10 feet on the low side. And frankly, that's probably just about perfect. Much lower than that, and you kind of start to lose sight of the other side of the courts. And much higher than that, and it kind of flattens everything. And it's not as easy to get a sense for the the height and the shape of your shots. And that's why I don't like most TV broadcast angles is they tend to put the camera really high. And so it's very difficult to see how high the ball is traveling and how much shape the shots have. Everything looks, looks like it's traveling two inches over the net because you're kind of looking down on top of the court a lot more than you need to. So... That's where to put the camera for point play. That's where to put the camera for technique analysis. Last two points here, we're going to talk about software, and we're going to talk about the social approach, how to delicately approach this topic of recording yourself in public, most of the time in public. Sometimes, I guess sometimes it might be a private court, but, but not usually. 
So software for point play, when you're looking at tech, when you're looking at match analysis and you want to look at patterns and strategy and shot selections, just go ahead and use your phone's camera app. Just just open the camera app, uh, put it in just a regular video mode. Don't put it in slow motion. There's there's no need to go for super high frame rate or any kind of slow motion mode. We're not trying to analyze strategy here. That's not where we're putting the camera. We're we're looking to analyze point play, and so you just want to put it in regular full, full motion video mode. Just hit record and just leave it, and then go ahead and play your match. Super, super simple, assuming you have the, the tripod with you. For technique analysis, you want to get software that is specifically made for it. And there's a lot of great mobile applications that you can get on your, your tablet or your smartphone. The one that we've been using for many years now is called Coach's Eye. That's uh, Coach and then apostrophe S, Coach's Eye. It's available on both Android and on iOS, and it's four dollars and ninety nine cents. Or they used to have a demo version of it. I don't. I think you might have to pay now uh, to to check it out. But it's five dollars. It's what we use with all of our private students. It's really really excellent. It makes it super easy to do analysis. There's there's other much more expensive, much more complicated video applications out there. The one that I'm specifically thinking of is is called Dartfish, and it's just got so much functionality that you rarely really need to do analysis. Coach's Eye is super simple, super easy. I mean, I mean, of course, I'm super accustomed to it because I've been using it for many years now. But I, I really couldn't recommend them highly enough. So for technique analysis, like worst case scenario, you could just use your your phone's camera app and most phones these days have like a slow motion setting and you could totally do that and that would be completely fine. If you want to do really detailed like side-by-side analysis, if you want to draw lines and measure angles and that sort of thing, then definitely get an application that's specifically made for video analysis. And the one that we use is called Coach's Eye. We're not affiliated with them at all. Frankly, I wish we were. I probably should reach out to them because I've been plugging them for years and years. Um, and they don't know as far as I'm aware. But it's it's I'm not endor- like officially endorsing them at all. It's just what we happen to use. And I definitely recommend it. Okay. So now we've talked about the mentality be- behind recording yourself. We've talked about what camera to use. We've talked about the tripod. We've talked about what angles to use. We've talked about software. Finally, and this is, I definitely didn't put this last for any specific reason. I just kind of wanted to say, I wanted to sandwich the, the technical stuff, the hardware and software stuff with more social stuff. And so I'm going to talk about technique filming and, and match play filming here. And let's go ahead and just, you know, dispense with any sugarcoating. Once again, just as I led with, you're going to feel out of place. You're going to, at first, I I don't feel out of, out of place anymore. I mean, I feel the looks occasionally, well, not anymore. We have our own court now to film. We have our own private courts. We used to go to area clubs and set up all our, our equipment and production stuff and and go out there with a student and we'd, ha- we'd be standing there with the with the iPad 
and all the other courts around us were just doing normal tennis stuff. And we here we had this whole like production crew and, and tripods and big cameras, and we're standing with the iPad and filming our student and looking at the iPad like every 60 seconds to show them what's going on. And so, listen, I know, like I understand, like you're, you're going to get looks. It's something that you get used to after a while. At first, I was super apprehensive because, you know, I, I grew up in a club environment and it's... It's you don't want to be that person who's kind of ruffling feathers at your local courts. And at first it's going to feel that way. But if you're discreet about it and it's obvious that you're doing it just for yourself, for your own improvement, and you're not trying to like aim the camera at everybody else and and kind of laugh at them and say, "Oh, I'm recording you." Like and do, as long as you don't do anything stupid like that, you're going to be totally, totally fine. You're going to be just fine. Yes, you're going to get some looks. You're going to get some questions. Just expect that and just go ahead and, and roll with it and just tell people, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to look at my technique. I'm trying to improve my, my backhand. And just go ahead and show them and say, here, check this out. Look at what I, look at what I learned today. Or look at how I, I've improved this because I found out I was doing X, Y, or Z. And now it's getting a lot better because I actually know what to focus on. So just go about your business. If you get questions, be polite. Go ahead and answer them. I mean, you don't have to act super smug and like I'm better than you are. Just act like it's totally normal. Set up your tripod, hit your shots, look at the video. You'll probably get some questions. Just go ahead and let people know what you're doing. And after a couple of times doing that, I'm just telling you from experience, it's not a big deal anymore. In fact, for me personally, it's kind of, it's, I mean, of course for me, I, I understand I'm totally weird because I don't go on a tennis court without cameras. And a lot of times it's tens of thousands of dollars worth of cameras. And so we kind of make a, a big production out of it, literally. And so I'm way on the other end of the spectrum. And so for me, it's kind of fun going out there and getting the looks and getting the questions. And for me, it's kind of, I, I feel like I'm helping push forward the normacy of having video on a tennis court. For you, it's going to feel out of out of place at first. Just understand that that's going to go away in time. It's going to feel more normal, especially as you see the results and you see improvements coming that will motivate you and, and make it totally, totally normal in your head after a couple of times to go out there and do the video. It's going to be obvious to everybody else what you're doing. And to be honest with you, most people aren't even going to care that much. You know, we, we tend to think that everybody's judging us so much and the reality is they're not really thinking about us all that much so just don't worry about it go ahead go out go about your business when you're doing technique usually that's going to be by yourself or maybe with a partner or a friend who already knows what you're doing and so it's really not that big of a deal now with match play you definitely want to go ahead and ask ahead of time i i know people who have done this but i definitely don't officially recommend setting up a camera ahead of time kind of covertly and not telling your opponent that you're recording it and then maybe publishing it later and and having them find out you know you don't want to get into that kind of business D definitely talk to them ahead of time and just be super upfront and and super friendly about it and just say hey i'd, I'd love to record this match so that I can learn from it later. I'm trying to improve my game. I'd, I'd love to be able to, to check out this match on my computer later on. So do you mind if I record it? 
and and offer to send them the video if they like. Most people are going to say no. You know, I'd, I'd, I don't need to see the video of myself, but yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, record it. I don't care. Most of the time, in my experience, people will say, yeah, it's no big deal. Sometimes people are going to say, no, I'd, I'd rather not be on video. And that's totally fine. Just say, okay, no big deal, and just wait for your next match. Or you can also just seek out people that you're already friends with and ask them the question, hey, do you want to go play a match and do you mind if I record it? If there's somebody that you've already played matches with, chances are they'll be totally fine with it and you'll come away with great content that you can learn from and expand your knowledge about your skills and and what you need to work on. So that's it. There is your ultimate guide to video analysis. Hopefully I didn't leave anything out. If you have any other questions on this, always feel free to let me know. My email address is ian, that's I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. Thanks to John for the question. I haven't answered a listener question in a while. I've kind of been on a roll with my own topics and a couple interviews here and there. So if you have a topic you'd like me to cover on the podcast, you can always feel free to shoot me an email to ian at essentialtennis.com. Let me know what topic you'd like to hear me talk about on the show, and maybe I'll feature it in a future episode. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving your reviews. Thank you for downloading the show. And I'll talk to you again very soon. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.